Good day, Graceway Nation. I hope you had a blessed week this past week. The first scripture we'll be reading today is taken from Genesis 37, and is the story of Joseph. Now, Joseph is one of Jacob's sons. And if you read in verse 3, it says that Jacob loved Joseph more than the others. And if you read from verse 5, it reads, One night Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. We're out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundles stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. His brother responded, So you think you'll be our king, do you? Do you actually think you'll reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. Soon Joseph had another dream and again he told his brothers about it. Listen, I had another dream, he said. The sun, the moon, and 11 stars bowed low before me. This time, he told the dream to his father as well as to his brothers. But his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that? He asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? While his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered about this dream. So Joseph is 17 when he has these dreams. And the first time he tells his brothers, and they don't understand the dream, and they don't understand the vision of what God is showing them. And the second time, he even now tells the father as well as the brothers. And the father's different because although he scolds him, he's curious about the dream and what the dream will mean. Because the father understood that this dream is not something that just came out from him randomly, but it's a dream from God. Jump to chapter 42, verses 5 to 6 reads, So the sons of Israel joined them who were coming to buy grain, for there was no food in Canaan. Joseph was ruler of the land, he was the one who sold the grain of all the people. And Joseph's brothers came and bowed to the ground in front of him. So between chapters 37 and chapters 42, a lot of things have happened. A lot of time has passed. In that time, Joseph was sold as a slave at the age of 17. He became second regent of Egypt at the age of 30. There have been seven years of prosperous growth of lush overflow of food crops growing and now they're in their second year of drought and there's been at least 22 years has passed since he's had those dreams this past week i was watching an interview and the interview takes place in june july 2000 and the interview is between charlie rose and jeff bezos and in that interview charlie rose asked jeff if you want the ceo of amazon if you wanted to do anything after amazon what would you do and Jeff Bezos says, you know, he understands the technology then, but he says the one thing he wants to do is he wants to help explore space. And there's a slight laugh in the background. And Charlie Rose asks him, how do you want to do that? And he says, I actually see myself going to a spaceship and going to space. And there was a slight chuckle in the background from the audience. And that was early 2000. And currently in July 2021, Jeff Bezos achieved that dream. That vision Jeff Bezos had 21 years ago came to fruition and it took 21 years. This past week, God has been showing me the power of vision that's based on his word. Today's topic is titled, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Jeremiah 29:11 reads, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. 
God has plans for us and God's plans for us to prosper. He desires for us to grow and He desires us to have a prosperous life. So God only wants good things in our lives. When my wife and I started dating back in 2019, she had a dream. And in that dream, we were driving with another couple in the car. And God did not tell her where we're going, what was happening, what was going on. All she knew is that there was nothing bad happening in the dream. It was just like a time of celebration or something was happening throughout that time. This was late 2019. I remember a couple of weeks ago, now we're in a place and the couple decides to jump into our car and drive with us. And there was nothing wrong. They actually just chose out of three to come with us. We're actually just going somewhere together, somewhere close, and we're both going to the same location. They just decided to join us. And after the trip, which lasted less than 15 minutes, when we were driving back home, later throughout the day, I actually reminded my wife that, hey, remember the dream you told me in 2019 of the dream that God gave you? Do you know that that dream happened today? And I reminded her of that dream. And it was amazing because in that dream, God did not tell us what and how we would get to that place. All he just showed us is the time that was happening. To the point that even my wife did not know the car that she was in back then in the dream. Unlike Joseph or Jeff Bezos, whose dreams took over 20 years, the dream that my wife had took just over a year and a half. And unlike Jeff Bezos or Joseph's dreams, which were massive and could change the way that people view things now, the dream that my wife had had nothing to do and did not change anyone's lives. All it did is it just helped us to understand that we are on the right track for God to show us that you guys are still on the right path. It was more of a dream to give us hope and a future. Isaiah 55 verse 11 reads, It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to do and it will prosper everywhere I send it. Psalm 107 20 reads, He sent his word and healed them and rescued them from their destruction. A vision is a way of God showing us what's going to happen in the future. A vision is a way of God guiding us and sending his word and saying, I've sent my word to you. Trust my word and it will not come back empty. Trust my word and it will accomplish all that I said it would. Habakkuk 2 verse 2 to 3 reads, Write my answers plainly on tablets so that the runner can carry the correct message to others. This vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Our job is to write the vision that God has said will come to pass. Each time we have a vision or a dream or God sends a word to us, we need to write it down. We need to write it down so it may come to pass. And we also need to wait patiently for it to come to pass. As I'm sharing this message today, God reminds you of a vision that He gave you or a word that He gave you or He gives a new vision or word right now throughout this message, write it down. That is the first step. And God says, write it down. Joseph was only 17 when he had the dream and it took 22 years to pass. In Habakkuk, we read that the vision shows an end point, a certain time of event. So when God gives a vision, he does not always show you how you're going to get there. He does not show you what will, the steps that will lead up to that vision or the circumstances around why this is occurring. All God shows us is a certain moment in time when the vision is occurring. And that's one thing we need to remember, that we need to trust God we're going to get there. We need to relax and not try and figure out how God's going to take us there. We just need to know that God, you said 
it's going to happen. Habakkuk does not say, write down the vision, the steps that God said we'll do it. He says, write down the vision and trust God will do it. And that's what we need to do. We need to wait patiently and know that it's for a future time and God will make it happen. God did not show Joseph that in that time there'll be drought or anything. He did not tell them why the brothers will come to bow down. But all Joseph knew is that one day it's going to happen. There was a time when I was dating my wife and it was before she even came to my parents' house for the first time. And I remember one time we're talking in the morning and she's telling me about a dream she had. And she tells me that she was standing on a balcony and as she looked out of the balcony into a garden, she saw a tent. And as she was looking at this tent, God told her that, oh, today's your wedding day. And she was getting ready for the wedding. And that's the vision that God gave her. So she tells me this and I just keep it to myself and I don't even tell anyone. A couple of hours later, that same day, one of my sisters comes like, oh, she had a dream last night from God. And there was a tent in our backyard. And that tent was prepared there for an event. And people are coming to celebrate. And that event was my wedding. And I just marveled at how God has sent two messages from two different people to tell me something. So fast forward, time comes by, I get engaged. We start searching for venues, we start searching, we even find lovely venues, we even set a date on the venues. But throughout that time, there was unease. To the point that when it came close to the wedding, less than six months, we decided, you know what, let's host this wedding at my parents' place. And God reminded me of the dream then. That said, remember I said, well, there's a wedding coming outside my parents' place in the garden. So we did not know what was going to happen, so we ended up actually having the wedding there. And every day I do thank God because the wedding that we had outside my parents' place is far greater than the wedding we had vision with my wife. It's the wedding that we had at my parents' place is the wedding that both my wife and I desired in our hearts. Psalms 37, 25 reads, I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. No matter the situation in your life, no matter the situation in your city, no matter the situation in your country, no matter the situation in the world, God will never forsake his children. God will never leave them without nothing. God will always provide their needs. And that's one thing we need to remember, that the vision God gives us is not dependent on the season. It's not dependent on how the world looks around us. It is dependent on us trusting in God and knowing that, God, you said it will come to pass. So therefore, it is your job to make it come to pass. A few months ago, I told about a word God gave me at the end of 2018 when he sent me that when the season comes for you to get married, he will provide. And in 2018 was a beautiful year, financially for the whole world. 2019 was even great for the whole world. Most of 2020, the world was not looking financially great. The world was going through COVID and is still going through COVID. But God provided and made sure that when the season came, it did not care if it was COVID, it did not care how other countries were looking, it did not care about the financial situations he provided. And that's one thing we need to remember that when God sent his word, it is him who will provide it. In the book of Judges, Judges chapter 6, there's a person there by the name of Gideon. And Gideon is minding his own business, doing his own things. And an angel appears to Gideon in verse 12, and it reads, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all these wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, 
did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us to the hands of the Median. The first thing to notice says the angel of the Lord appears to Gideon. So God sends an angel to deliver a message to Gideon. God sends a word to Gideon by an angel. There's many ways that God can give us a word. It could be through a vision. It could be through a dream. It could be a word. It could be through an angel. There are other multiple ways that God could give us the word. The one thing to note is not, it's not, it doesn't matter how the word comes from God, but as long as it's God's word, we should stand on it. Now, Gideon acts like how some of us act. When God gives us a word, instead of taking it and running with it, we start trying to poke holes at God's word and saying, but, 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 is it true? Is it true? And we're trying to find excuses to try to disown God's word. And the first thing Gideon says is, if God is with me, then how come we're currently in this situation? How come we're currently now? Now, a few verses earlier on from verses 7, the Israelites are crying out to God and asking, why have you forsaken us? Why are we in this situation? And God sends a prophet and explains that the reason they're in this situation is because God had delivered them out of Egypt. God had done miracles and wonders for them and blessed them with everything. But when the people got there, they started serving other gods. They started serving the gods of the Amorites, and God was not pleased. And because they started serving other gods, they lost their blessing. God is a jealous God. God does not want you to serve other gods. Sometimes we might lose the blessing that God has given us because instead of giving thanks to God, we start giving thanks to other gods. We start saying, no, it's not from God, it's from this, it's from this, it's from this. We start giving thanks for things that God has done in our lives to other things. And God is a jealous God. And the Israelites are there in that situation because they did that exact same thing. Matthew 6, 24 reads, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, money, possession, fame, status, or whatever is valued more than the Lord. From verse 14, it continues to read, The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of the Median's hands. Am I not sending you? Gideon gets the message from God, the word from God, and sends a question back, asking God, if you are truly with me, how come this is happening? And sometimes we ask God a question and not ready for the answer. He was expecting God to say, okay, this, this is the reason, but God had already given those reasons earlier on. Instead, God is saying, yes, we both agree with that in the situation, but you are the vessel I'm going to use to solve the problem that you guys are currently facing. And that's the thing we need to learn. When God gives us a word, Sometimes the solution God's going to give is not the solution we're expecting. But it is God's solution and God is there to do it. Verse 15 and 16 reads, Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manhaseah and I'm the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. So Gideon explains in verse 15 and says, why me? My clan is the weakest out of all clans. And even amongst my family, I'm the lowest. Why me? If you read earlier on in verse 12, God says, mighty warrior. God calls Gideon a mighty warrior. And Gideon's like, I'm not a mighty warrior. We read earlier on that God says the vision is at an end time. So when God's referring to Gideon as a mighty warrior, he's not only referring to him in the current situation now, but he's referring to him after he's won the battle. He's referring to him after he's already been victorious. 
And Gideon only sees himself now and how he is. But God is calling him not only for what he will be, but what God has in mind for him and what God sees him as. And that's something we need to remember, child of God, that sometimes we might see ourselves different. Sometimes we not understand how we can achieve something. And God might call us something greater than we think we are. We just need to learn to trust in God and know that God is the one who's going to provide and know that God is going to do everything. In chapter 7, the next chapter, Gideon actually goes and defeats the Midianites. And he goes and defeats them with 300 men. And that's God's vision, God's word coming to pass. For God said, he is a mighty word. God said, you will go with him and God went with him. There are a few things we can do when God gives us a vision. We've already covered a few of them. We've covered that we need to write them down. We've covered that we need to trust in God. There's a story in 2 Kings 13, and it's about Jehoshua, king of Israel. And from verse 14, it reads, Now Elisha had been suffering from the illness from which he died. Josiah, king of Israel, went down to see him and wept over him. My father, my father, he cried, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. Elisha said, get the bow and some arrows. And he did so. Take the bow in your hands, he said to the king of Israel. When you have taken it, Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. Open the east window, he said. He opened it. Shoot, Elisha said, and he shot. The Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over Aram, Elisha declared. You will completely destroy the Amaranians at Apec. Then he said, take the arrows. And the king took them. Elisha told him, strike the ground. He struck the ground three times and stopped. The man of God was angry at him and said, you should have struck the ground five or six times. Then you would have defeated Ammon and completely destroyed him. But now you only defeated only three times. The king comes to Elisha, asking from God about the battle that he's currently in. And he gets there, and the first task is easy. The first task is literally, okay, pick up arrows, open the east wing, shoot it out. And he does that, and God says, you'll destroy the Ammonites at Apec. The second time, now the task gets harder. Now the king is, is told to take the arrows and hit them on the ground. And he only strikes the ground three times. Of course, he stopped too early. He won the battle but lost the war. And that's the thing, child of God. Sometimes we come to God asking him for something small, asking for something minute. And God's like, I understand you're in the battle, but I've got a war that I want you to win. And God's got greater plans for us. And because we give up too early, we end up losing it. Joseph, after he got the dream, he could have been discouraged when his brothers hated him. Could have been discouraged when his father scolded him. Could have been discouraged when his brothers plotted to kill him. Could have been discouraged when the brothers sold him as a slave. Could have been discouraged when he was made part of a slave. He could have been discouraged when he was thrown into prison for something he did not do. He could have been discouraged when the chief cupbearer forgot him. There were so many things that could have discouraged Joseph, but he kept pushing. He kept working hard diligently at everything that he was doing. There's been things I've been praying for earlier on, and there have been things that God has been saying pray for and ask for them. And every time for months, I've been praying and asking God, and God is like, just try again, try again, try again. And each time, I'll make sure that I try even harder. Each time, I make sure I try even a step further. Each time, I try a different solution. 
And each time I was trying something, I was saying, God, you're the one who said you're going to provide. And when it did come to pass, it came in a way that I did not expect it. And it's something I learned that God, as long as you keep trying, he'll provide the solution. Just like with Joseph, Joseph kept working diligently hard, serving God in everything that he did. And God made sure that the dream came to pass. In the same way, we should not be like the king in Second Kings. We should be like Joseph to push, to push. If we fall down or get discouraged, we need to stand up and push again. We need to keep building on hope and trusting in God and saying, God, you will provide. Last week, Pastor G.S. was sharing his message, and one of the things he touched on is first time in chapter 1. And the story is about Hannah, who is a lady who doesn't have a child and has been praying to God for a child. And from verse 10, it reads, In a deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly, and she made a vow, saying, Lord Almighty, if only you look on your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant by giving her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no rest will ever be used on his head. And she kept praying to the Lord. Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving. But her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, How long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, Go in peace and may the Lord of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. Go in peace and may the Lord of Israel grant you what you have asked him. Eli goes from accusing Hannah from being drunk and after she says she is not drunk, Eli does not ask what she was praying. He does not even try and console her and try and help her out. Say, okay, let's try this, let's try that. All Eli says is go in peace and may God grant you what your heart desires. Ladies and gentlemen, there is power in agreement. A while ago, God told me that me and my wife need to write things down in a book. And he said, the one requirement about you guys writing things down, that is something that you guys know you cannot do on your own strength. It's something you need to write down and say that only God can do and only God will do. And when it came down to writing those things down, we did not spend 30 minutes of worship beforehand. We did not fast and pray for 21 days. Yes, there is power in fasting and praying. Yes, there is power in worship. Yes, there is power in spending time in long periods of time thanking God before asking for requests. However, Christianity is different from other religions. Christianity is not about rules and laws, but Christianity is about a relationship with God. In that relationship, it means that you can ask God for anything at any moment. You could be at a mall and you could see a young married couple with a child, and you are single, you could be asking God, I want to receive that. You're asking God in agreement. You're asking God for something. You don't need to fast and pray for it. You just need to ask God and trust that you'll receive it one day. And the one thing I learned after writing these things down is that each time me and my wife were in agreement, the things would happen quickly. But each time we were in disagreement, you're oh, the mess that would happen. So something as simple as buying something online, we'd end up having to return things multiple times just because when we started the transaction, we were not on the same page. And that's one thing we learned quickly in marriage, that we need to be on the same page. We need to always stand in agreement, no matter how big or small the task is. We need to stand in agreement. Matthew 18, verse 18 to 20 reads, Assuredly, I say to you, 
Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in their midst. And this is what happened with Eli and Hannah. When Eli said, may God grant you whatever your heart desires. At that moment, two people had agreed on what something happened. And therefore, heaven had to move. If you continue reading from verse 18, it reads, She said, may God your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went her way and ate something. And her face no longer downcast. Early the next morning, they arose and worship before the Lord, and then went back to their home. Alkanah made love to his wife Hannah, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. And that's what changed. When both Hannah and Eli were in agreement, heaven moved. Her woman that had been tired for years instantly opened up. To the point that the next time she was with her husband, she fell pregnant. And that's just the power of agreement. Agreement has an opportunity to unlock things that seem delayed. And ladies and gentlemen, every time when we close the sermon, we ask people who have accepted Jesus, Lord and Savior, to text us and text them and we'll try and find your support of people who are close in your area. And the reason we're doing that is so that you can have someone to assist to someone to help you stand in prayer and buy things for whatever situation you're asking for in life. If you have a word and you're married, please get on the same page with your partner. Understand what you guys are standing for. Understand what you guys want in your family and pray for them and stand in agreement and watch it happen. If you are single, that's still fine. You can find a prayer partner, find a community, find some people who will be able to assist you to help and stand in prayer. Sometimes we don't really see the things that God has given us and the things that God wants us for life, not because God doesn't want us to have them, but because we're not standing in agreement with God. When God gives us the word, we have a choice to reject the word and throw it away, not believe in it, or we can accept it and run with it and stand in agreement with God, saying, God, this is the word you gave me, this is the word that I trust and you will do in your power and strength. When God gives a dream, take it and run with it. And understand that it's not you who's going to do the dream. It doesn't matter the situation. It doesn't matter the economy. Just know that God is going to do it regardless. There may have been dreams that God has given either now throughout this whole message or given you beforehand and you're saying, God, the situation right now does not look like it will happen. The economy right now does not say I should do this right now. It's the wrong time to do it. But the thing you need to remember is that it's not your word that was sent. It was not your word that said do it. It is God's word. At the end of the day, when God sends a word, it's God's word that will prosper. There's just trusting on God's word. There's been times when I've said, God, you said you'll provide, so therefore do it. And I've put God's word to the test, and I tell you right now, there's never been a time when I've put God's word to the test where he's failed me. There's never been a moment where I've said, God, your word says, you already gave me this word. And I'm telling you right now, child of God, do the same thing. It's God's word. Run with it and trust that God is going to do it. It doesn't matter the season. Psalm 46.10 reads, he says, Be still and know that I am God. I'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. Psalm 37.7 reads, Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. 
Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. Exodus 14.14 reads, The Lord will fight for you while you only need to keep silent and remain calm. Ladies and gentlemen, when God gives us a word, it is not for us to worry about it. It's for us to stand and trust in God. It's for us to wait patiently on God's word. It's for us to continue serving and working diligently, trusting that what God has given us, God will provide. God is making means out there to provide. When God gave Joseph the dream, Joseph did not know that there will be a drought in a couple of years later. Joseph did not know that he'll be sent to Egypt. Joseph did not know that he'll be a slave. God did not show Joseph the journey. Only God showed Joseph where he'll end up. And when that did come to pass, it did come and happen. It might take a few days, it might take a few weeks, but God's word always comes to pass. So trust in God and knowing that God's word always does what it says it will do. That is you, child of God, and you want to receive those things. That is you, child of God, where you've already written down the dreams and the visions that God has laid it down to your heart. Ladies and gentlemen, take that what has been written down and let us pray and thank God for what His Word has said. Thank you, Lord, that you're Alpha and Omega, Lord. Thank you that you're the great I am, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you've laid something in our heart, Lord, and have laid something in our spirit, Lord, and said, this is the vision I have for you, child. And I thank you, Lord, that this vision that the people have, this vision that I have right now, and the vision that I have in my hand, I thank you, Lord, that it is going to come to pass. I thank you, Lord, that this vision, I'm not doing it on my own strength. I thank you, Lord, that this vision, I know you are going to provide. I thank you, Lord, that this vision, I'll not doubt it. I thank you, Lord, that this vision, I understand this vision is meant for you, Lord, that your word never returns empty, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that you will make it come to pass. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Child of God, stand on that word. Know that today we're all stood in agreement. Today, not only myself who's preaching, but everyone who's watching, everyone who's watching stood in agreement with you and said that whatever you prayed for is coming to pass. Therefore, because we have done it, it is bound in heaven and it will surely come to pass. If that is you, thank you and just know that you're going to receive it. If you want to get into that relationship with God where you can ask Him for anything and ask Him and trust Him on that vision and you're ready to accept Him as your Lord and Savior, can you just bow your heads and just take it one step and just say, God, I'm ready for you. God, let us just bow our heads. Thank you, Lord, that you are for me, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that I know you came down as a human just to die on the cross for my sins, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you rose again and you defeated sin, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that you are in heaven seated at the right hand of the Father. I thank you, Lord, that you are my Lord and Savior. I thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for me. I thank you, Lord, that I trust that you're a living God. And I thank you, Lord, and I accept you to come into my heart today. And I ask you to dwell with me, Lord, and take me throughout every step and thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If that is you, child of God, thank you very much. You have made the best decision of your life and you get ready to run the journey. Get ready for the vision that God has in your life and understand that the vision is God's word and the vision is what God's achieved in your life. And as I said earlier on, this is very important. If you made that prayer, please text the number so we can actually help you get a community that will build you and strengthen you with your vision, build you and strengthen you and help you throughout everything and help you to achieve and to grow in God. If that is you, text SAVE to the number below and we will get in contact with you. We'll try and help find your support group that we can strengthen yourself and trust in God and you will grow and God will achieve everything that you have asked for. In Jesus' name.